All right, this is great. I see everybody's on, which is wonderful. Great to see you all. I see Angie and Elaine, um, Lorraine, Sandra, Tina, Carol, Sarah, and Gilbert. Hello, Ann Gilbert, Peggy Richards, Charlene Thompson, Carol. This is great. We have, I'm Sarah Cooperman. I always forget to introduce myself. What's wrong with me? I'm Sarah Cooperman. I'm the CEO of SEW Fitness Education and uh, the founder of Water in Motion and the co-founder of Seed Fitness, along with Ann Gilbert, supported exercise for ageless training, which is chair workout, um, or chair supported, I should say. They do, we do a lot of standing things in there. I'm really excited today. Um, I have Brandy Clark. I have Michelle Park. And I also have the beautiful Christine Conti with gorgeous lips. She is, I'm so glad she's on. Trisha Murphy Madden had a family emergency, which I know that she won't mind that I share with everyone. I'm thinking, is everything okay? Is, is Tabitha okay? Tabitha is her daughter. And she said, oh my gosh, Tabitha got recruited for, um, for the top level volleyball team. She's on varsity and she shouldn't be. She should probably, she's a freshman. She shouldn't be. Amazing. So she's got to go support her daughter. And we all know family comes first. So Trish is there. So Christine Conti jumped in. Um, Christine Conti is actually, I printed it out and I'm like such a moron. I didn't go grab it from my printer. I'm going to, she is the idea world instructor of the year. And I think that kind of says it all. Um, she does, she actually wrote SCW's chronic, um, I think it's chronic disease certification. And she mm -hmm. presents a whole, a whole slew of workshops on chronic disease and how we work and um, not so much baby, but support and encourage um, individuals that deal with chronic disease. She herself is a chronic disease survivor. So it's just, I'm, I'm thrilled that Christine was able to join us tonight. She's at all of our mania conferences. We've got the wonderful Michelle Park. Um, Michelle Park is, she's been a mentor in the health and fitness industry for over 35 years. She's owned her own personal training company and worked with large fitness corporations. She's trained and mentored thousands of fitness professionals around the country. And she developed a virtual training course and created her own fitness formats. She's got Soul Fusion, Soul Strength, Bar Fusion, and her newest addition to the Soul Family. I love that, the Soul Family, um, Soul Kickboxing. And she brings magic to the room whenever she presents with her herself and her trainers. And she's been teaching virtually for eight years. And I really complimented her on that because you think eight years, what the? You've been in the industry 35 years. Well, hello, I remember when there were no cell phones, no computers, no fax machines. So so there, eight years is a long time. Um, and she's been in and had an online fitness studio. I'm going to let her describe it to you because it went apparently from like over 400 and not to like 300 and very interesting with her active members. Um and then we have a, a friend, really good friend of mine, Brandy Clark, is with us today. Yay. And Brandy is a marketing and sales coach and mentor for Fit Pros. So she helps mentor group fitness instructors, personal trainers, boutique studios, independent health clubs. I'm not sure if she's working with any large chains yet. 
Um, she works with them to build the financially successful business of their dreams. I don't know if you guys know this. You know what tomorrow is? National Business Women's Day. Tomorrow is National Business Women's Day. Yeah, I just did a little post. Um, she's got over 25 years in the fitness industry. She understands how quickly things change and evolve. So she spends her time helping fitness pros adapt so they don't get left behind. And her specialty is training others how to create content that connects with their audience so they can build a six-figure training business, making more money. And this is what I love, to help more people. Because as much as we all think, oh, we're in the fitness you know, business, we're, make, we're out here to make money. I remember I had a young staff member and she said to me, she goes, you know, you're, you're in this business. You've done this for 40 years. What's your goal? And I looked at her and I said, to make money. And she literally like turned around and walked out of the room. And I thought, well, I screwed that one. Um, it's, it, if I wanted to make money, I'd be a lawyer. It's what I, we're very fortunate. We're very, I don't use this word a lot because it, it's not as comfortable coming out of my mouth, but we're very blessed to be in this industry. And what we need to look at is how to thrive. And so that's the focus of this webinar tonight. And we're going to look at um, explore the best practices and strategies for fitness pros to connect with clients both online and in person and foster lasting relationships, attract new clients to experience the benefits of face-to-face -face training, but we can still keep them online. And so we're going to look at insights and tips and actionable techniques that can help all of us to elevate our client relationships to new heights, both virtually and in the gym. So I'm going to start with you, Brandy. Yeah, I'm putting you on the hot seat here. How, how has the shift to virtual fitness impacted client engagement and retention? And I know you're this expert for online and social media. So I, please share. So what we've noticed is that as people come back to the gyms over the course of the last couple of years, what they're doing is they're bringing their phones with them and they're bringing their virtual trainers with them. So they're either following like personal trainers who they have found using social media, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube or something, somebody who they have found that they're paying and that person is giving them classes to follow, workouts to follow. And so they're they're bringing that with them to the gym. It's actually not uncommon to see people literally with their, their laptops at the gym, although most of the time it really is just their phone. So as people come back to the gyms, they are bringing their virtual trainers with them because they love the freedom and the flexibility to be able to go when they want to the gym. And while I'm still a huge fan of, you know, in-person personal training, like I love to meet with the people. Sometimes people want to have the flexibility to go in the morning or go in the evening if they've got families and kids. So yeah, as people are transitioning back into the gyms, they're bringing their phones with them and they're bringing their trainers with them. So it's increasing retention because they don't have to cancel because they can't meet that trainer anymore. Or it's okay if they can't hit that class because they've got a class on their phone. So they're they're coming back and they're bringing their virtual stuff with them. Yeah, and I like that they're bringing their phones with them. And we were talking about, is it millennials? Is it Gen Zers? They'd like to follow things. How are you seeing the impact of social media? I mean, I know we we all like got sucked into, in, into Instagram and TikTok, you know, over the pandemic. Do you, do you see it continuing? Is are there ways we can be effective? 
So social media is not going anywhere. Are you talking to me? Yes. So social media is not going anywhere. It, it is just getting bigger and better. And what you're, and I'm going to speak to you guys um, about your clients for a minute. Okay. So what your clients are experiencing every day is they get on social media is they're being bombarded by personal trainers or being bombarded by programs, weight loss programs, all of these things. And it's almost an over, it's an overload now. Okay. So they're getting so much information and every online trainer out there is saying, oh, get these workouts, get these workouts, get this freebie. What they really need is somebody they trust. So you got to get on social media. You, yes, I'm talking to all y'all who are listening today. You've got to get on social media and get your voice heard because your clients are being marketed to by other people. And they don't want to work with those other people if they can work with you. So using social media to your advantage to help you spread your word, help you increase impact and increase your influence with your current clients and find more clients. Yeah, it's a big thing. You got to definitely get in there and learn how to use it because it ain't going anywhere. Um, Michelle, I saw you nodding your head. Please share. Well, I was... um... I love it when Brandy was saying that they trust, like they want somebody to trust. And that's why we started Park Studios. And we we started about six years ago. Yes, pre-pandemic. Can you believe it or not? So when when nobody really wanted to do any workouts online, we started a a, a online workout club. Uh, most of it was on Facebook. We did a lot of stuff on Zoom. Uh, so we just did those two platforms. Uh, uh, since then, we have a lot of instructors who have built their own websites and they do stuff on their own websites, but mainly on Facebook and um, on Zoom. And we kind of shifted back and forth when the industry shifted back and forth. So uh, like Sarah was telling you at the very beginning, we had about 400 very active clients and students. Yes, but a lot of them were instructors. And a lot of those instructors were coming into the platform because they wanted to work out themselves. And I personally think they wanted choreography. I don't care if they can take it. It's all theirs. I like to give and, and share. So a lot of instructors on there and a lot of students. Then the pandemic hit and we had a surge so we had a lot more people come on because we had, it wasn't only me teaching in this studio called Park Studios, it was 10 other instructors. So all around the country. So they invited all of their students in. We gave two months free. We let them, you know, kind of come in and then they decided to purchase or leave after two months, that was up to them. So we we had a, a good couple of years. Uh, you you talked about like the the client engagement and, and how that happens when it comes virtually. They were engaged because they needed to be engaged. It was a great space for them to come. We took really good care of them. Um, that's really important to us as a studio. So we took really good care of them and they stayed. And so client engagement was great. When the pandemic kind of like when it, all the doors started to open up, people started leaving Park Studios. And so part of me was like, wait, people are leaving this virtual studio, this thing that I have built up over the last six years and going back into the gyms, how dare they? But then my heart, that my instructor heart was like, thank goodness, they're going back and they're going to the place that they really want to be, the place that, you know, that really can give them some, uh, a lot of love and the place that we know really makes them feel fulfilled and engaged is in person. So when they started going back to in person, we were actually extremely happy. So uh, the membership went down on our club, but the numbers increased in all of our classes. So that was kind of really cool to see. Interesting. Christine, what do you think? Um the shift to virtual fitness, how did that impact client engagement and retention? 
And what do you think is happening now that people are moving back into the gym? There's, I think that the whole idea of the pandemic and opening up this new opportunity for people to experience fitness, whatever that means for them, has been amazing. And I think that for for gym owners and for people like myself who don't own a brick and mortar, which is a lot of us that are out there that have our own businesses, that are entrepreneurs, that this is just another amazing opportunity if we tap into it correctly. And just like Michelle and Brandy were talking about, and Sarah, you do the same thing, is we need to get people to like, love, and trust us. And it's here, we're going to provide you with something. And I think the most important thing for us to remember with retention is that the people that have stayed with me are the people that see me as a, I, I like to call it the wow factor, right? You're not the average. You you touch them in a way that another trainer that you see online may not, they may not relate to, or it may seem very hands-off. Um, and And I think that's what a lot of us are touching on. It's like, well, how can we, you know, what do you think of the state of, online versus in person. I think it's all still there, but now we've given people choices. So you know, we can't feel bad that people are not in, you know, on our online stuff anymore, or that some people are going in person. I think everyone is scattered all over the place. And just because they're scattered, you know, if we're just online, we need to adapt. We need to do maybe some things in person. If we're just in person, we need to do a little bit more online. And that's, there's no one answer for that, Sarah. There's not one. I, I think that's really interesting. I mm -hmm. think, okay, this is this is funny. I was, I think people who are friends with me on Facebook or watch my Instagram reel or whatever, I, I learned how to do Instagram reels. I'm addicted now. But um, I go to a lot of concerts and I don't post a lot. I don't think people care. Who cares, Sarah, what you ate for lunch? Because- you're probably posting what you really didn't eat for lunch, but that's, you know, um, but I do always go live with um, the concerts that I go to. And when I say, all right, I'm going to go live and I start and I go live, I get a whole bunch of people watching. And I'm like, they, they don't think it's a concert. They think I'm going to talk about fitness and education or maybe the specialty of active aging that I love or how to run a business, you know, of the stuff, the marketing, whatever I talk about, you know what they're really doing. They want to hear what I do live online. That's special. And then, so they watch for three seconds while I'm watching Lady Gaga in Las Vegas, who was fabulous by the way. And, and then they just jump off and I'm like, Sarah, why aren't you, everybody's used to seeing live, 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 live at Mania. Why, and Brandy stopped nodding because she knows she keeps, I've got to be more on social media. Um, when I've got to, if I go on social media, it's something special. So if you're doing things that are always online, do make an appearance and be live. It's special. More people will join you. And if you're just if you're live and you deal with personal trainers and you're always, let's say if you know at your gym at the YMCA wherever you teach, then what you need to do is go online. So we need to get this kind of um, this this marriage of the two. And I think that's kind of what we're saying now, Brandy. 
Yeah, I want to just add to that because there's a really cool thing that all of the social media platforms will do for you when you do go live. And that is push out to all of your followers that you're live. They literally send them a notification that says, Brandy Clark is live. Sarah Cooperman is live. And so if they're on they're if they're on Facebook right at that moment, it pops up and it says, join Sarah live. All they have to do is click it and they're on your regular posts. It won't do that. So if you're really trying to pull an audience, you should be going live frequently. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's interesting. So that's why they really, they really did want to see me, not Lady Gaga. (laughs) They were there for you, Sarah. It was all you. I know. I can't help it. It's who I am. All right. How can you foster a supportive and motivating environment that keeps clients connecting in a virtual um, environment? I think we just chatted a little bit. I'm going to come back to that. Uh, One thing I didn't do, you guys, is move your mouse and look at the bottom of your screen. You see the green share button. Yeah. To the left of that is your chat box. So I'd love you to click on that and just tell me where you're from. And then I want to make sure you ask questions because we want to, you know, you guys are live, which is pretty exciting for us. So we want to make sure that you ask questions. Oh, we got somebody from Los Angeles, Patricia. And then if you move over one, two, three, four to the right, you're going to see reactions, a little smiley face with the plus. And we'll ask for your some of your reactions. Do me a favor. Um, what I'd like to see you guys, give me a thumbs up if you are teaching live clients um, via personal training or group X, a thumbs up if you're teaching live in person. All right. So give me a thumbs up. There goes. Rachel's doing it up. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Christine's teaching live. I got to do my thumbs up too. There we go. All right. Um, so we got a bunch of people that are teaching live. Okay, very, very cool. Um, now what I want to do is give me a heart if you're teaching online, if you're teaching programs online. Let's see. Yeah, we got a couple people. They're doing both. I'm seeing a lot of people doing both. So that's very cool. So I want to make sure if you guys have questions, I want to make sure that we answer them. So I'm going to go back. How do we balance the use of the online platform and social media for attracting clients while still nurturing the personal opportunities that are out there? Brandy, how do you do that? So the the thing that I, the cool thing about the online space is that the more visible you become, your in-person training will grow as a result of that, as well as your online training. Okay. And fostering community is really easy online because think about it, y'all. How many times do you get on this thing during the day? All the time. Like when you're on the toilet, you have this with you. So you can create a community so easily where well, people will pop into your community. You can create Facebook groups. They'll pop into there and they will, they will connect with each other. They will talk to each other. They'll answer questions that each other have all the time, all the time, 24 seven, well, maybe not 24 seven, but consistently throughout the day, people are popping in and out in a gym. People come and they leave and they create a community with the other people that are there during that hour, 90 minutes. But online, it's people that work out at all different times that they wouldn't have access to. You know, like I always work out at like 7, 38 o'clock in the morning. I always see the same people. I don't get to connect with the people who work out at 5 p.m. because that's when I'm running my kids to cheer and doing all of those things. So an online community is easy to build. 
and it pulls people in. So you really need to have like an online community for your online business and your in-person business so that people can connect with each other because they will come in and out all day. And Christine, what are the tips you would use to get to be um, online? First thing I always think of is try to develop a consistency. I know you are the queen of all your athletic endeavors. I watch you, man. You know, I, what are you doing at triathlon next? Oh, I mean, I'm had it. So it's, so this is the thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because you had said about concerts. Yeah, of course I click on your concerts. Like, I'm like, oh, who cool. Who's she seeing now? Because I like music. It's interesting. It shows a, a human side of you. You know, if we see business, Sarah, we say, oh, concert Sarah is a little different than skiing Sarah or Sarah in Greece, you know, same for all of us. Consistency is number one. And that, again, I'm going to go back to this as what makes you stand out? What makes someone's eyes catch you and stop for a second? And it can't just be once a week. It's got to be once a day. And people get all tripped up on, oh, how am I building these relationships? And the listen, once a day, get on and post something. I have taped to my desk and I've done this forever, what I'm doing every day. And some, and it's got to change. It can't be the same thing. I don't want to see a quote every day. I don't want to see your cat every day. I don't want to see your kid every day. I don't want to see a, a marketing flyer every single day, but I, I want to, you know, love, like trust you a little bit. And it's that consistency is exactly what that is. The other thing I just wanted to share was that um, when, when I left, you know, when I entered fitness or whatever I do now, um, all the things is that I had a little paper on my desk, on my calendar. And it said, is what I'm doing, is what I'm doing right now, like what I'm putting my time in, working towards my goal. And I would sit to myself, right? You're on social media or you're reaching out to clients or whatnot and ask yourself, are you using your time wisely? Are you providing value in your posts on social media? Whether it be a group that you created for your fitness community or just a group of friends, um, it's really important to, to do that, to keep doing that and, and make sure that you interact. And it does not take, you know, hours and hours. Like sometimes I hear that all the time. Oh my gosh, it's hours. It shouldn't be hours. It get, I mean, maybe, maybe invest in a social media coach or maybe a, a business coach at that point, take some classes. Um, yeah. I know, right. Doesn't Randy. SCW have one too? Yeah, Brandy, yeah, that's what she does. Brandy, it, there but it is. we need this. I need this. And you know right. what's interesting is Patricia uh just commented the variety of subjects in your post seems to attract attention for Christine yeah. for you. And then Sarah said that her classes have grown with more online presence. So mm -hmm. it, they feed each other. And Michelle, I see you nodding and you're taking notes. You've got to share with us. Oh, you're muted. You're muted, baby. Sorry, the dogs were barking. I didn't want you to have to go through all that. Um, but I was, I was, I was nodding and I was taking notes because these ladies are just absolutely brilliant. But I was, wouldn't agree uh, with both of them. But when Brandy was talking about Facebook communities and your communities for your online and your in person, like we have a Facebook community for Park Studios, and it we're extremely engaged in that community. But it, it has taken on a life of its own, so they interact with each other. But at the very beginning. They didn't interact with each other. It was all me and all the instructors. So I, I think that we have to be very consistent 
just like you were saying, Christine, like we have to be very consistent and be very uh, persuasive, so to speak. But I wrote a couple notes, if you don't mind me just kind of uh, kind of say, saying them out loud. And if you want to write them down, mm. please feel free. Um, so we're fitness instructors. We're not social media experts. We like to go and jump around or run or lift some weights in tight clothes, preferably Lululemon, but it doesn't really matter. You know, whatever you want to purchase, like that's what we love to do. We are not social media experts. Like, like Christine was saying, and, and Brandy is, you hire somebody for that. So if you have the ability to do that, hire somebody. If you have a, a, a child, maybe they can do it. They probably know a lot more about social media than, than you do. Have them take pictures, have them put posts, whatever they can do, or you can do that you can kind of farm out. Please feel free to do that. If you want to schedule posts, schedule posts. Um, I love going, I, I don't go live on Instagram. Instagram's my place. So I, I don't know, Brandy, you'll probably talk about this a little bit, but I think sometimes you have a place and my place is Instagram. I love Instagram. All my community is on Facebook, but my people that I speak with happen to be on Instagram. So stories is a big thing for me. And I don't talk just fitness. I, I took people on a walk with me this morning and I peppered in the fact that I was going to be here tonight and gave them the link. And I peppered in the fact that we have a training this weekend and peppered in a link. And then I also pointed my daughter who was about 200 feet behind me walking very slow. So like I make it really personal and I bring them into my life because I feel like if you bring people more into your life and you'll get, you'll stay a little bit more connected with them. They fall in love with you. They start to trust you. And when they do that, your communities start to build and they start to become more interested in what you're doing other than just going for walks. That's interesting. That's really good. Um, what are some key differences you've noticed in client engagement and motivation between the two settings, between being online and being live? And how do you adapt your approach accordingly? Throwing it out there. Don't all jump. Michelle, throw it to Michelle. All right. Um, I, I wrote some notes on this one too, by the way. <laughs> I'm a note taker. I'm a note taker. Um, so the difference in client engagement in both settings. So I teach in both. Uh, I, even though I have been teaching online for a very long time, it was not my favorite thing to do. I did it because I knew uh, I used to work for a company called Beachbody Live and we did um, Zoom trainings. We're one of the first companies that actually did Zoom training. So that's how we started teaching. I started teaching online. So I did it. I didn't love it. It wasn't, you know, looking at people through a screen. Being in person was my favorite thing to do. I can engage more with people. I can connect more with people, right? Until I dove deeper into online and realized that a Zoom community, um, especially when it's needed, is just as important for, and and maybe even more important for some people who can't get to in-person classes than an in-person class. So um, a couple of things that I wrote down is sometimes it doesn't even matter um, if you are, you know, an instructor in person or on camera, there are certain people that can be motivated um, by being behind a screen. And then some people that there's no way that this screen will work for them and they have to be in person. So just knowing that when you go in and start teaching and don't be, be frustrated if your numbers are not low, it's not you. If you're doing all the things, right? If you're connecting, if you've got a good class, if you have a fun personality, you know, it, it doesn't even, sometimes it doesn't even matter about the setting. It's how you engage and can communicate with those people. If your numbers are maybe dropping, either they're going back to in-person or it's just not for them. So don't let that discourage you. Um, that's something that I really want to bring up too, because I, I think that we get discouraged when our lumber numbers are low. In our park studios, we used to have, you know, 20 or 30 people. 
um, in a class and now we might have two or three. But the engagement with those two or three, the instructor that's teaching is teaching like they're teaching to 20 or 30. So I think the engagement is extremely important in creating a community, making them feel that they're not alone is very important. Be silly, be you. I, I'm the same person that I am in person as I am now on Zoom. Not at the very beginning, it's a learning curve, but when you finally realize to let that go and realize you don't have to be as so proper, Brandy and I were talking earlier, being really super proper, don't be, be you, if you're proper, be proper. But if you're not proper, just be you. People fall in love with you for that. Be silly, tell jokes, oh. I sing and I'm horrible at it. Just do, you know, do it, you. And the, the funny thing is, Michelle, where I was just today going through all the survey monkeys, looking at, we ask, I think it's 28 questions in our survey monkey. And that's how people get continuing education credits from our conferences. So I'm always looking at that. I'm gonna tell you something that's really interesting. The favorite presenter, is also the least favorite presenter. <laughs> and this happens more often than not. I am serious. This has been going on Crazy. for 38, 38 years we've been doing conferences. And it's fascinating. One, because the favorite presenter probably presents more, but also because they have a definite personality. Mm -hmm. So they speak a certain way. Maybe they swear. Maybe they <laughs> wear a certain type of clothes. You know, and it just happens. And it's it's fascinating to see. Very rarely do you see the favorite presenter like all the way at the bottom of the list for least favorite, which means everybody loves them, loves them. No, they're going to offend someone. What What is it Madonna used to say? It's like no publicity is bad publicity. Mm -hmm. uh, but seriously, that's what goes on. You were going to say something, Christine. Um, and uh, what, you know, what are some of the key differences you've noticed in, client engage, engagements between the two. But I also want to launch into this. I think a lot of people are very interested. What marketing tactics have you found to be most effective? Um, frankly, I want to know. I want to know that. How do you, what marketing tactics did you use to attract more clients to your physical training or gym? Or what special um, marketing tactics did you use to attract them more to your online rather rather than just patience just do it just do it and they will come what little things worked for you christine so of course you're going to talk about patience and consistency and but that doesn't pay the bills that doesn't get butts in the <laughs> seats right um the most important thing that you need to be aware of is understanding your niche right Many of us as fitness professionals are like, I'll work with you and you and hey, I got all the jobs and all the things. The more you can bring yourself down in a niche on social media, right? And what you're doing and what you're putting out there. Sarah, Sarah um, mentioned about like Ironmans and triathlons. Well, yes, I got into this chronic disease niche, right? Those are my people. That is who I work with. That is my specialty. Guess what? Every single thing that I do now is, yes, I love to help people. I'm a fitness professional, but I have to pay the bills. But I want to put myself out there to say I'm an advocate for this demographic. So I'm not going to work with people who are professional athletes going to the Olympics. That's not my niche right now. Don't come to me for that. I could do that, but that's not what I want. It's I'm going to focus on, well, 
I work with a foundation now and we, I'm going to Kona to help the first ever woman with autism to do the world championships. And then another woman with MS to get through the finish line. Those things, right? Like Sarah goes to the concert and I will put things out there that yes, it's attractive. It's like, wow, but it's also in the realm of what I do. In sprinkled in, like we talked about, yes, I'm doing something. Does it, like I said on the calendar, is what I'm doing working towards my goal? What's my goal? To advocate for people with chronic conditions, to help them with fitness and wellness. Just by doing some of these things, maybe you go out and on social media, you you go out and you do a walk. You do an autism walk, right? And you go social media, you go live. You do something else. You're doing a, you know, a dance-a-thon for some school and for you're getting eyes on you, but they're also seeing you as someone who's providing value, someone's giving, you know, giving to the community, a mother, a father, or whatever. That I think is one of the biggest things we we tend to not think about in the midst of putting out all of our flyers and giving away, like, come to our class and da na na, and you'll get five dollars off. And but like, no, people will pay the money if they like you and trust you. They'll they'll they will reach in their pockets. Please don't think they won't. But like Michelle said, not a, it's not for everybody. That's fine. But some of those things, finding your your niche, that is like the most important thing, whatever it is you're putting out there, they will come. But you also, you know, for me, I have to talk to people that are a little, let's say, not in their teen years, right? That's not who, that's not who I work with for the most part. So identifying that and, and walking the walk, the more you can walk the walk, which means you're doing things that, you know, if I'm going to be someone who works with people with chronic conditions, I want you to work with me either on Zoom or in person, one-on-one or in small groups with chronic conditions, then I'm going to be doing things on social media that work with and talk about that clientele. Okay. Not all of them. That's, that's niche. Brandy. Um, what have you found to be the most effective in attracting new clients? So I'm just to summarize, Christine, what I love what you said was find your niche, which dials right into that, be authentic um, and speak to a group and you will just, you will grow more like people. Okay. And, and Brandy, what have you found to be the most effective in attracting new clients to the physical location, but also to your, to online programming? So it, it's really kind of along the same lines as what, what uh, Christine said. It's, it's really knowing who your follower is and what their needs are. It's not who he, who has the most followers wins. It's not, it's creating content that speaks to your follower knowing who your follower is. And like Christine talked about, like she, you know, she works with these, the special population. She works with people with chronic disease, like that, that's who she is. So you know what, if, and when you need her, she's who you're going to, right? Because you don't see her creating content that also um, has her, you know, showing her mowing her lawn and trimming her weeds or working with, you know, this new mom, right? She's specializing in this one category. And one thing you have to really understand, because a lot of people really worry about like niche and who's my niche. And I don't know if I niche down. 
one of the main reasons we niche, I'm going to simplify this for you guys all right here and right now. One of the main reasons we niche down is so that you can get noticed. Because if she was posting cake making, and then she was posting working with somebody with osteoporosis, and then her lawn stuff, nobody's going to pay attention to her because nobody would relate with all of these topics. So really knowing who they are and speaking to their pain points, and then you've got to take them off of social media. You have to get them off of Instagram, onto your email list, off of Facebook, onto your email list, and nurture the relationship further through sending them weekly emails and some SMS text messaging. You have to do that even if you're trying to grow your in-person business. You got to do it through social media because the larger social media presence you have, both of them are going to grow. And having an online offering is I almost feel like it's essential nowadays for fitness professionals. You've got to have another revenue source, another line, another way of serving your clients, something else they need, right? Create a course for that. Um, yeah. So that's, that's that. Also, I want to circle back to one thing that Christine said earlier too, uh, about being really consistent with creating content. And I know sometimes we all feel like we don't know what to say and we don't know how to post every day, but right now you guys have an opportunity. If you grab your phones you can take a picture of what we're doing right now and you can post that about your content. Yeah, exactly. You can post that and you can tag SCW. You can tag all of us. You can stick that on there and talk about how much, how much you invest in your business, right? How much you, you put into your craft and, and how much you love your clients. And this is why, and here's what you do. Here's why you're so good at it. And here's who you can help. And they just need to DM you for more information. Done, done. And Michelle? Done. Yeah. Now, and, and I'm going to, one of the things I like about Michelle said, I know you're silencing because of the dog, but I do like it that she can talk about fitness. She can talk about this and then she highlights her, her daughter in the back. So there is something to be said kind of for diversity and, and opening the kimono and showing who you really are, which is kind of cool. But I just thought I'd throw that in there. Michelle? Opening a kimono? I got now. I need to go out and buy a kimono. <laughs> that's going to be my that's next that's social a, media post. <laughs> my husband always talks about that. Opening the kimono. I love like, that. Yeah. Um, these ladies, I mean, they they nailed it all. But word of mouth for sure. Social media posts and your schedules on social media. I mean, those little posts are great. Um, Brandy touched on an email list. I mean, we nurture through an email list all the time, and uh, you know, giving them a little like it, it's it's not too challenging and. And I know Brandy can help you with this, create a landing page and send people to your email list and start nurturing them that way and connecting with them that way and getting into your virtual or into your programming or into your in-person class. Um, you know, we, at the club, we do one class free. We do bring a friend. And honestly, what I was saying about uh, going to stories and going deeper, people don't see posts as much as they see stories. They, they see lives, they see stories, and the posts might be one of the last things they see. But I really think that going into stories and digging a little bit deep, deeper and letting them know you as a person, you know, and letting them trust you, I think that's really important when it comes to social media. Oh, I like that. And one of the things that we've found through SCW, and I actually, I work a lot with CanFit Pro, um, and I was talking to Mo Hagen, and one of the things that's really coming back is telemarketing. Now, I know that sounds crazy. I'm not talking about the people that it's blind people. I'm talking about 
a member that may be expired or someone that's not active or they have you been on vacation? They will not answer your phone, but I'm telling you, they will go in and read your message. We've been very effective with, the, with that type of marketing. Telemarketing, not because they answer the phone, but because they read, read your message. And the other thing is we collect e uh, cell phone numbers because mm -hmm. people love to, that 90% of them will own, open their text message. I guarantee all you guys on this call got a text uh, from us. We use a program called Easy Texting. Carter, would you throw the link to easytexting.com in the chat? I'm going to be very honest. They're not my favorite company. I'm probably going to get sued. So, I'll, Brandy, move your lips so that I can say it and you'll get accused of it. Anyway, um, there's a, but it's easy, like two letters, texting.com. And you can send out mass text messages for like four cents, four and a half cents each. There's another company called Avocado, like avocado, but it's Avocado, C-H-A-T. Get it in that chat, <laughs> whatever. And you can send out text mes messages that way. We're trying both both um, systems at this point. Um, can, I, can I interrupt for one second? Yes, please, Brandy. I actually have a business that does SMS text messaging as well. Okay, yes. so you guys, so my my platform does the exact same thing um, as as what she's talking about, and it is really necessary. You guys do need to have some form of messaging your clients. You don't overload them, or they'll press stop and they'll be out. But for special events, special one off things, right? So, my, like I own a business that's called My Client Connections, and it will do SMS as well. Oh my God! Type it in the type it in there because I'm going to okay. use you. Because I don't like, and do you do SMS as well? Do you do, you do images along with the, the text? Yeah, yeah, it does all that. So you do copy and you do images. That's great. Mm -hmm. do you because, yeah, it will, it will do email, the funnels. It'll actually, even how you talked about like telemarketing, you can even pre-record a message like, hey, it's Brandy, just trying to get a hold of you. Sorry, I missed you. I wanted to touch base and see how you liked Mania last weekend. I'm going to show you a quick text message and um, I'll, I'll talk to you later. And then it will drop that into their voicemail. They'll read it and then they'll get a text message from you. And they usually call you back because it's not okay. scripted. It's not. Yeah. So and like you Brandy, said, it's so cool. Brandy's absolutely right. This is the way to reach out to people because I'm telling you, I mean, emails, this happened over the pandemic. You just get flooded with emails. Now I'm a, I'm very email heavy because we have a very cultivated list. I'm not sending it out to to everybody between the age of you know of 35 and 65. I it's very cold. It's my list. It's incredibly organic. We have 68,000 contacts. We used to have 74,000, but we lost a bunch during the pandemic when the clubs closed, and we 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 bobbed down to 64,000, and now we're seeing a climb back up, which is really wonderful to see. Um, but it's that text messaging people adore. It's leaving that voicemail. And if I don't have to use my voice, um, Brandy, I, I, you know, I'm in 110%. Um, do you do a lot of text messaging, Christine? Do you, have you done some telemarketing with people or what, what tends to be the most effective way for you to reach your clients? Most effective is, I mean, people are not, email is just white noise at this point. I love emails. I check my emails all over the place, but um, texting has, has been the, even if you're like, even tonight, right? 
you can send out emails. People forget, they put it on their calendar, then they forget. But that text message is key. Honestly, the text is key. You know they got it. That's the other thing. There's no like, oh, I didn't, mm, no. It, it's definitely there. I know that, honestly, all of the Instagram, the Facebook messages that I don't know about you, but I get like 8,000 of them every day. And then I see something like two months later and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Um, the text is the best. People are not picking up their phones. Um, sometimes people don't even check their voicemails. So I would say, I get it, but look online. Um, answer the people that if you are posting on social media and people answer and people look, make sure that you are responding. Um, I have to say I've made more mm. connections with people over just like saying something on their Instagram and being consistent about it. And then they start to know who you are. So do the same thing with people that are following you. Start to look for patterns, look for their names, reach out to them and see if, hey, you're open to jumping on a call. Give them your calendar link. I hate to do this. I can't believe it. We are like out of time. I think this is absolutely crazy. I thought what I would do is show 